episode 10 of LAOFCS Weekly is here. We have Cherry Picks Miranda Bailey in studio to talk with us, and it's Hate You Give versus A Star Is Born at the box office. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Welcome to episode 10 of LAOFCS Weekly. I am Scott Menzel. We are very excited we made it to episode 10, the big 1-0 here. <laughs> and to celebrate, we have a very special guest, a talented lady, if I do say so myself. Not only is she a director, a producer, a writer, but she is also the CEO of Cherry Picks, which will be releasing at the end of this month. Miranda Bailey is in the house. Hello. Thank you for having me. And we will be doing a quick rundown of the show. As always, we are going to start off with the movie pick of the week, and then we're going to switch over to our interview with Miranda, and then we're going to finish it up by doing the Indie Spotlight as well as our Retro Rewind. So uh, we're going to jump right into the movie pick of the week. Um, this was a very interesting week for me because the movie, the movie choice that we voted on in our Facebook group was, I thought it was going to be a little bit tighter than it was. Um, you know, Star is Born and The Hate You Give, I, I realized was, we're both going to get a lot of love. Um, but Hate You Give really, uh, it edged up there and um, is the winner. So congratulations to Hate You Give. Um, this is a film that I saw at the Toronto International Film Festival, probably my favorite film that I saw at the festival. And, um, I just, I was blown away by this film. Uh, has everyone at the panel seen this movie? Yes. Okay. Also, real quick, uh, who is everyone at your panel, Scott? Oh, yes. thank yes. you very yes. much. I, I, I was, yeah, no, you should have, you should have, because I'm like so used to doing this flow. All right, before we get into this movie, because I suck, uh, we are going to do introductions. So we're going to go around the table, uh, starting with Stacy, and uh, introduce yourself. Where can they find you and all that good stuff? All right. I am Stacy Lane Wilson, and I'm with At Home in Hollywood, and that's about it. And your Twitter, <laughs> you can find time. me anywhere, just about, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Nice. Uh, my name is Morgan Rojas, and I am the founder and CEO of Cinemacy. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Cinemacy. And I'm Kit Bowen. I am an editor of Screen Picks, editor and film critic for Screen Picks, um, small site that I run, and you can find me at the Movie Kit. Very good. Very good. Sorry for that. I didn't do the introduction. Sorry. I was so excited that Miranda was here that I gave her a greater introduction and I forgot everybody else. Sorry, ladies. Don't. Um, okay, going real back, real quick back to The Hate You Give, since everyone has seen it, um, just kind of if we can go around the table and just share your quick opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, it's a very topical uh, movie based on a young adult novel that won several awards, and it is about a young lady who sort of has to straddle two different worlds in her black neighborhood and her privileged white school. And um, I don't usually, you know, watch young adult or kids' movies that often, but this one really gripped me, and I thought it was really well acted and beautifully directed. and you know, as I said, very topical and interesting, and it shows a lot of different points of view, which I thought was an excellent way to present the story. Morgan, how about yeah. you? It was hard to watch. It was about two hours long, and every scene just felt like it built on this emotional turmoil. And yeah, sitting there in the theater, I, at the end, I left and just felt like, oh gosh, I just went through something as a viewer that I can only imagine in real life that the people that go through this every single day, it the film did a really good job of portraying what someone in Star's position has to deal with daily. And yeah, fantastically acted. I think Amanda is a is a great uh, protagonist. She cries in almost every single scene, and I can just imagine being an actor and having to go through that. Just yeah, how tough that must be. Yeah, I mean, it, it touches upon, of course, you know, like we said, very relevant. Uh, issue in our in our country which is you know uh, police you know well i wouldn't say brutality but just the the police and the african-american community and the in the conflicts that happened there um i was so impressed with this i think can you bring up the cast list because sure. i remember the um the actor who plays the father uh, uh, russell hornsby yes oh he was amazing. amazing 
And there's this scene where he is, it's towards the beginning of the movie, where he's explaining to his children how to behave when they're pulled over by a cop. Or how to behave when they are in a situation where they have to, you know, deal with an authority figure. And it, it just blew me away. I mean, it's like, it's, it's you know... Uh, it's something that I, I, you know, would have no experience having, you know, and or no, not knowing that kind of a pressure that you'd be under just just by the color of your skin. It was pretty powerful, and I saw it with my 19 year old daughter, and she walked out of that saying, "I'm going to make a difference." She goes, "This made me want to make a difference. I'm going to make films. She wants to make films. I want to make films that make a difference." Because she said, "This is just, you know, too strong of a story and too, you know, just just the whole idea of of." of being being empowered by something you know i was i was pretty proud of her actually <laughs> she was she was very moved by this as as was I. I i i love this movie for a lot of reasons but kind of the point that you mentioned this this movie in my opinion has the power to ignite social change and social movement um things that i, I mention a lot on the other show that i do with carla black tomatoes a lot of people don't realize this about me, but I come from a mixed family. I have I have five uh, adopted brothers, um, and four of which are black. And growing up, I seen a lot of what is shown in this movie front and center. This this is this was in a lot of ways I was reliving stuff where I've seen some of my brothers turn to uh, selling drugs because they have no other choice. Because that's kind of the cards they were dealt living in the neighborhood that we, we grew up in. Um, I see them when they go into stores and how people like look at them differently. And to see this movie showcase this, this young girl and show her living two different lives of having to you know, be one way in her black community and then another way in this rich white school. Um, Where her mother wants yeah, her to get this because she wants a better education. Yeah. She doesn't want her to follow in the footsteps of her father, and she wants her to have a better life. And you, it's very commendable what she's saying. Uh, and then when you go into the whole uh, violence in the black community and the drug trade and these neighborhoods, it, it's it's just for a movie that's a for, for a young adult audience. This movie has big things to say. And this is something that I think no matter if you're like eight years old or if you're like seven years old, there's messages messages in this movie that you need to take away from it. Right. And I mean, it's in very that powerful. way, it kind of reminded me of the children's and teenagers' movies of the 70s, which were so much uh, more raw and brutal and honest. And I think that it's a good kind of throwback also to that mm-hmm. era where, you know, it's not... Uh, whitewash so to speak and you know uh, glossed over yeah and i think it's nice to see you know anthony mackie has made his career now you know being in marvel movies and stuff like that it's nice to see him so out of character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh he was really great uh regina hall has has always been great but i'm so glad she's getting more and more work um but i think the two real stars uh is amanla yeah. who you mentioned and russell hornsby yeah. Um, both of these, I, I, I can see Oscar nominations for both of them. I just think they're very powerful, and um, their uh, their performances have so many layers to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an easy performance. You know, the scene you pointed out in the beginning um, with the you know talking about what, how you should react to if a police pulls you over. There's another scene that happens on the lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just images that you are burned into your mind, and maybe. To, um, you know, people like us at this panel, you know, unfortunately we don't have any black people on this panel today. You know, maybe to us these are very shocking, but these are realities, yeah. unfortunately, to a lot of black people. And that's that's very hard to accept and understand. And for us to kind of go out and see movies like this and see that image being shown to us over and over again throughout this year, because this year has done that over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important and changes is, is now we need to, we need to make these changes now. Yeah. So yeah. I really love this movie and I'm so glad that we, we as a collective group voted for it. Um, it opens in limited release this Friday and then we'll be going to a wider release in uh, the next couple of weeks. 
So with that being said, uh, we're going to go switch over gears to another woman who has been doing a lot to ignite social change on the internet. Um, well, I'm very excited to see uh, the hit you give yeah. now, I have to say. You guys have made me, I want to rush over there today and see it. So. Yeah. Good. You should you should you totally should. check it out. Yeah. Um, there's they're they're doing something. I should also point this out real quick that Fox is doing a um, free screenings to underprivileged neighborhoods, um, showing the film, oh, uh, which good. I think is very important. Yeah. I know like studios were doing it for like movies like Black Panther, which again I understand it's important for for the the culture to be out, but there's a different type of movie there versus here. Mm-hmm. This is this is very important for people to see and I think it should be a required it viewing. It sounds in like schools. more like a like an indie film, right? Yeah, yeah. or it is. you know a little bit. Yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. has that feel to it, yeah. That's great. I mean those But are it's a great cast right. like we said. Is Isa Rae's in it yeah. as well and Common, um just a lot of great great actors, you know, that kind of pop up in Common's it. all over the place now. Oh, Common's the tail all over. and yeah. He's He's a good-looking individual. He's a handsome, <laughs> he's a tall drink of water, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever met him in person? His eyes are like, wow. Anyway. <laughs> and he's nice. Yes, very. He's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry. How are you feeling, Scott? <laughs> I don't have no. I can't eat little outnumbered here. Oh, okay. Welcome to it's our okay. normal world. Okay. We, okay. we can watch social rele- relevancy and eye candy at the same time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, we can. Yes. <laughs> Double standard. Yeah, That's okay. That's okay. Um, so, Miranda, I, you know, I wanted to bring you here um, because you speak from the heart. You are a amazing woman. Uh, you and I met at South by Southwest. We had a nice 30-minute long interview about your film, You Can Choose Your Family. Um, we got to, like, obsess over film a little bit there, but I think we we, we both believe in the same things in terms of diversity in cinema and uh, criticism. And uh, I really wanted to bring you on for our first guest. You're our first guest on the show to talk a little bit about your vision and what you hope to do um, this month and in the future. Sure. Um, And I obviously like I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a producer and an actress and a director and a writer. And I never really foresaw myself ever getting into the tech industry um, but last August, you know, pre Harvey Weinstein and stuff, I, uh, I released a, a, a film that I had produced, um, with Lake Bell and I kind of noticed the, di- you know, it was, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a moonlight type of movie, but it was never meant to be. It was, you know, su- it was exactly what the director wanted. And my job as a producer is to support that vision. And, um, <clears throat> I, I noticed the difference between the way, female critics and male critics talked about that film, not just whether or not they liked it, but the way they talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I felt that there was a real kind of problem there when I read those reviews. Um, and then I also noticed the same thing kind of happened with the zookeeper's wife and women, you know, within the industry uh, and critics really liked it and men didn't really like it and it never really got its day or its platform and my friends that I would, you know, that were outside the industry for both of those movies that were women, and I would say, oh, you should see this, they loved those movies. But they didn't get an opportunity to see them because they didn't perform well in the box office, and they didn't perform well in the box office because not enough people went, and not enough people went because it had a, you know, low score on Rotten Tomatoes. So then I looked into Rotten Tomatoes a little bit and found out that at that time, which was, you know, a year ago, that in the top critics, it was like a little over 78% of them were men. And I just felt as a woman that the voices that I wanted to hear were kind of aggregated down to zero. You know, like mm-hmm. we were just kind of like, you know, if there's you know one woman, one man, they kind of cancel each other out. And then at the end, you're, you're left with this, you know, stack of voices saying, this is what's worth your money. And I think that what's worth my money as a woman isn't necessarily the same thing that's worth other people's money as a woman or a man or a person of color or a Caucasian. I think we all have different voices and different ideas of what we consider media that we want to spend our time and our money on. And I feel like at that time, you know, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't really giving that enough um, attention. Um, and so I called a, the only person I know <laughs> who, who knows about websites and whatnot. Her name's Rebecca Odes and she's my best friend's sister. Uh, and she had started, a um, one of the very first websites ever for women called girl.com. 
and um, her and her husband had been in, you know, you know, had sold some some web stuff and sites, and she had written a bunch of books for women. And I asked her if she wanted to do it with me because if she didn't, I wasn't going to have any idea how to even begin. And she said yes, and we started. Um, and we started like right after Toronto last year is when I decided like I have to do it because when I was in Toronto. I noticed that there were not very many women at the events that I was at that were criti- critical events. Um, and actually just yesterday or two days ago, I was at a um, an event for an important you know online magazine and there was only one female writer there. And she was of color, which is great, but like there was only one. And it, it just really showed me that I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. We at thecherrypicks.com are not going to have our own reviews. We are not saying that we are the uh, a vo- the voice of women. What we're doing is collecting female critical voices, like aggregating, similar to what Rotten Tomatoes is, across film first, then television, then music, video games, eventually VR. You know, we want to be able to, if you're a girl or a woman, and you want to be able to go in and see what do, what do my fellow women think about this video game or this movie, you'll kind of be able to have your own score um and you'll be able to read the reviews of the people that you know are a little bit that are that are that are women um uh but we are review you know we're pulling from everything you know star wars to the hate you give to it doesn't really matter it's just like if you're out there if you're a female critic that's been published somewhere we'll pull the review in and and put it there but then we also have our own content you know we want to be an online magazine a place where you can go uh, where women are writing about, you know, what's in media right now. Mm-hmm. They're talking about, you know, Lady Gaga's new album, or they're talking about, you know, what's so and so's most embarrassing moment in their career. You know, fun, fun, shareable stuff that um, that we want to hear about. It's awesome. Yeah. Can I clap for you? Yeah, sure. I'm excited. I mean, it's really hard. I have to say building a website is like a lot like remodeling a kitchen. You know, it costs way more. It takes way more time than you think. I I think what you're doing is is just remarkable um, for the sense that this is a long time coming, for lack of better terms. Um, When me, Scott Mance, and uh, Ashley Menzel, and Chris Lee Kennedy came up with this idea for our organization, one of the things, you know, I was the founder of this organization and then I met with everyone and we kind of had a lot of conversations. But one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to be about equality. I wanted to be about all these different voices, whether that's female, uh, you know, gay, straight, whatever, and people of color. And I wanted to be like an even playing field. I didn't want it to be something where it was always the white guy show. And you know, a lot of kickback happened because of that. You know, it was it was something that people were like you're crazy. You're not going to be able to do this. Um, you know, and I still get that to to this day. But you know, I want to use you know my I guess my white male privilege to kind of help others. You know, and I think it's very very important to reach out and hear other voices and hear different sides of the story because. Like you, you know, I read a lot of reviews. I read a lot of opinions. And I like hearing different sides. I like people who don't agree with me or see things through a different lens. And it's so important what you're doing and highlighting those voices. And uh, I do applaud you very well, much. Thanks. So Thanks. Let's, let's, let's look at it up first before it launches yeah. <laughs> at the end of the month. But, you know, like I think at the end of the day, and this is really great that you're doing it or we're all doing it, like we have to kind of just – follow our dream and, and have fun. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I'm not, tr- I, I think that what I'm doing is definitely important and what's happening is important, but, you know, also I think it's going to be a really fun site for people to go to and like meet the voices of, of other like-minded women. And, you know, eventually you'll be able to like buy your tickets through for the movies through there. Cause you read Manola Dargis's, you know, article that you like, or, you know, you'll be able to, um, follow specific critical voices, um, like Carla's and, you know, and, and, and kind of be able to have your own basket, shall we say, of critics that you 
that you resonate with. Because there's lots of critics that I don't resonate with. And then there's a lot that I do. And some are women and some are men. And there's some that are color and some that are not. And I want to be able to, like, you know, be able to look at all of them. Although Cherry Picks will not be aggregating male voices because it is specifically for for female uh, voices to get out there. But men can read it. <laughs> so, so I have a question. For for you, I mean, you you are someone who is in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like you said, you you've directed, you've you've wrote, you've produced. Um, what sort of kickbacks have you like? Not not kickbacks, but what struggles have you have you found along the way of trying to bring this vision to life? Um, you mean socially? Yeah. struggles as opposed to like financial yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or t- yeah, technical. I, I, I already know how hard it is to do uh, websites and get those funded. I yeah. mean, listen, everything, you know, like if you're in the movie business period, like people have opinions and that's just like, I, I, if I, if I was too concerned about what other people thought about what I was doing, I would definitely not be making movies. Um, because that you're opening yourself up. So it's like, I understand I'm opening myself up for something. I mean, People um, have said or have looked at it and said, um, you know, like, well, if it's it's just sexist if it's all women. But, you know, like, um, there's, like, themancave.com, okay? There's, like, you know, I mean, there's so many sites out there for men, you know? I mean, there's products out there for men. There's products out there for women. There's websites out there for women. I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) the TV show Girls. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like... I kind of look at it like this. I kind of look at it like it's um, it's a matter of like what you're looking for. And there's Marie Claire magazine and there's GQ magazine. And if they're next to each other, I'm going to pick up Marie Claire. That's the thing that most resonates with me. I really like it. I want to read about the fashion. I want to read about the movies and the articles that they write. I'm not interested in the GQ because I'm not the demographic. So all I'm doing is making something that doesn't exist right now, which is a media magazine online for women about women. Right. And there's nothing sexist about that. I'm not making a golf club (laughs) that I'm only allowing women into. Well, you know, it's... (laughs) You know, like, and, you know, keep in mind, like, what is is our history of women? Like, we just got the right to vote, okay? Like, we had to... We didn't even... We weren't even allowed to have a credit card without having our husband's co-sign on it or get our own apartment. And people forget that, you know? And for us to be able to say, hey, I want to have my own website with our own voices that are women that I can read... I don't think there's anything sexist about that. No, no, no. And I think the conversation right now, this is, couldn't come out of a, a better time, too, because clearly, you know, like with the Meryl, Meryl Streep and Jessica Chastain and Brie, uh, Brie Larson, you know, they're they're all speaking out about this issue and how and how it's, you know, been a problem for a while. I mean, granted, there's been some great female critics throughout the years. Why am I th- oh, yeah. blanking on the one from New York Times? Uh Paula Kale. Pauline yeah. Kale, yeah. I mean, she was... Uh, I remember Carrie Rickey from Philly. She was like, but Pauline Kale was, you know, yeah. like she was like the one of the originals. And, you know, she, uh, again, I'm sure she had, you know, to struggle and fight and claw to well, get everywhere she was. Well, it's interesting, actually, like if you look at the history, and I'm totally new to this, okay, so I could be <laughs> screwing up, but the history was actually like in the beginning of journalism, women were not getting, you know, the good journalism jobs, and they thought that like, you know, go review a film or a a little, you know, art show or whatnot or theater, you know, cause that, that was like the little tiny job they could yeah. give people. Okay, let's let the women go do that. But then it became a successful kind of readership. And then that's when, like, the papers started being like, oh, well, we need to have our famous guy reporter do it. And women were kind of sl- slowly edged out of that. Um, and these are Caucasian women. I mean, there was not very many yeah. uh, places for uh, diversity when it came to right. to any journalistic job. And sure. and luckily, like we're changing, and everything is is changing. But like what you're doing, I think is really great with LAO FCS, which is you are doing something that Rotten Tomatoes essentially should have done from the beginning. Which is, and I know you're not doing like a scoring system or anything, but which is make sure that you have the collective voices of every everything. So luckily, there is a platform for that you and know luckily we live in los angeles where there yeah. is you know yeah. more of that yeah diversity. so there's that so there's that you know um and there's there's room there for everybody and all of us you know just like you know um what, what carla's doing or black tomatoes i mean i think that that's you know i don't consider that racist i think that's a, a very important tv show and element and for a specific you know viewership mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I mean, she asked me to do that, and I was completely honored that she asked me to go on board with her yeah. and do that because uh, I don't, I'm not going to say what I was going to say about that because there was a certain thing that, a certain element that had to be there in order to get that show made. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and rewind. But yeah. But, um, yeah and I mean, I, th- that's the thing what I love about this organization. And, and I, you know, they, you know, I, wanted to do this show and I wanted to host it and, and things of that nature is that um, I'm always been someone who is not about being center of attention. I'm, I'm someone who likes to surround themselves with good people, with voices that I believe in, with people who I can view as my friends. And um, this organization for me has opened so many like avenues for me to like, you know, we just did a show with Nestor um, previous today where like I've, Never knew Nestor that well. I saw him at Junkets and I got him in this group and he's become a really good friend, someone who always gives suggestions. And he's from your yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and, got a great voice. And yeah. I mean, you know, Stacy, I just brought her on board to We Live Entertainment to be the the horror gal because she loves horror movies and she doesn't have an outlet right now. And I want to expand and have more voices. And this is my first time meeting Morgan, but I'm hoping to meet more. Yes. Kit and I go a long time back. She, she and I <laughs> talk a lot. Which is like yeah. a year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, like but, but I know it does. Like we shared so much, but the, the bottom line is, is that I never wanted this organization to feel flashy or showy. I just, it was just something that I grew up with. Like I, I was raised by my mom. I grew up in a mixed race household uh, I grew up in New Jersey in a, in a, in a very middle class area where the, there's kid, you know Indian kids and everything, and I just associated like that. So it's very weird for me to kind of come out here and hear all this talk about like diversity and like female empowerment because in my eyes that's what I saw my entire life. But now pulling back the layers and seeing how much of a freaking problem it is, I'm like okay. I'm glad I did this, but it was like never my intention to do it like as the way that everything's yeah. going now. It was just a natural intention like this is the way I wanted it yeah. because this is the way I was brought up. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I look, I grew up in Vail, Colorado, and I was one of two girls in my graduating class. Um, we only had 10 of us at the time. And, they, you know, so it's eight boys to two girls. So, like, for me, being in Hollywood and being the only woman in the room was very natural. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. Because uh, I grew up that way. Right. Um, but, you know, like I think right now and what's going on just in the political landscape and the way that the world is like now much more open with social media and news and everything, you know, we ha- we are able to see things we weren't able to see before and now we have to choose things intentionally, you know, and I think we're all on a learning curve of what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. And I think we're all afraid of screwing up and sticking our foot in our mouth. I know I do that on a daily basis. Um, And all, you know, I think all any of us can really do, especially in the jobs that we're doing with creating content um, for films or for, you know, podcasts or whatever, or writing reviews, like all we can all do is just like try and just learn and be aware um, and try and even if you don't like something, like try and put some sort of positivity out there because there's so much negative energy swirling around and so much divisiveness right now that um, I think it's better to like lift everybody up, yeah, if we can. Yeah, and I'm sure you've probably gotten this question before, but you know, as as speaking for my daughter who does want to enter into this and you know and make a difference. So I mean, what kind of advice would you give her to to sort of, you know, make her voice heard or try to, to, to do what she wants to do? Well, I mean, it's the advice I would give anyone. I don't think it's easy. I don't think making movies is an easy, um, an easy job to get into right. no matter what sex, age, or color you are. Right. It is very, very hard, you know? Um, I Honestly, it's perseverance. You know, I mean, I just wanted to stick around long enough so that I was still there. And they're like, oh, yeah, what about that girl? <laughs> you know, like, right? because it's like if you give up, then you never really know if you could have made it or not. And so, like, if I'm like 70 or 80 and I haven't, you know, hit where I wanted to be, then, you know, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But you'll never know, you know what I mean? And I think you just have to keep doing stuff as long as it makes you happy and as long as you understand that there's a lot of hard work and that there is no such thing as overnight success at all and there is no such thing as 
being happy all the time. And there's no such thing as working with people who are not assholes because you will always have an asshole on every single movie set, (laughs) or you might even be the asshole on that movie set. And, you know, it's about kind of, you know, getting through that. Yeah. But I think grade school kind of prepped us for that. Yeah. So here we are. And, and like I said, the landscape's totally changed because, you know, like these sites coming up and us and just just everyone speaking up and, you know, making their voice heard is, is positive for, for the younger generations. Yeah. I mean, either way, you have to be a good storyteller and you have to be yes. talented. Uh, and if you are, you you will you crop will rise up. up. You'll rise up. Do cool. you, good ladies have anything to add or ask? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, I just kind of to everyone's point here. So I've been writing for eight years. So I was in my mid to like early twenties when I first started. And so many times I would go to press days and press conferences and I would be mistaken as a publicist. Like people would come up to me and say, Oh, excuse me, where's so-and-so room? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going where you are. (laughs) And I feel like it took so many years to finally be taken seriously as a journalist and a critic. And so seeing sites like yours pop up and just hearing all these stories is really cool. And it's validating that like, okay, I stuck with this because I knew I wanted to do this. And so far it's turning out great. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's almost, that's so many stories. So many, so many female stories. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For yeah. Sure. I started out doing press junkets in the early two thousands, actually before there were a lot of websites and I felt more discriminated against being a web journalist than being a female journalist than anything. Yeah, so it's really turned around now. Um, We had to fight for our TV days, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was it was hard. And we'd get put at the very back of the uh, press line on the red carpet. Always. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But um, but I remember I did interview Lake Bell on camera for a movie that she did. uh, A ghost movie, I think, a long time Uh ago. Yeah, with Jason Biggs and yeah. Yeah, she was really terrific to talk yeah, to. Fun. So, yeah, she's the best. Yeah, what was the film that you did with her? It was called "I Do Until I Don't." Oh, okay, I'll be sure and check yeah, she that wrote out. and directed it and stars in it. It's really talented. cute. Yeah, yeah it's really. on. Um, it's on. You know, Netflix and everything right. now. We, it's great. I saw that one. It really did go nowhere. It's like they didn't like. I don't remember like. Did it even get a limited release? They oh, sent no, we me a did. We, it it uh it went out on um you know it had the kind of like roadside release. It wasn't roadside, but um you know it kind of hit like two thousand theaters kind of all at all at once. I mean, I think that we knew it wasn't going to be a critical darling or anything, but we knew it was going to kind of hit you know a certain certain place. Yeah. But was there? Do you have any new news about your movie? Yeah, tell us about oh. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My movie? Yeah. yeah. So I made a movie called You Can Choose Your Family with Jim Gaffigan, who's a blast to work with. Oh, I have he's to say. awesome. Yeah, he's really great. Um, and there's all these wonderful other actors in it. Logan Miller and Samantha Mathis, Anna Gunn, Alex Karpovsky. So it was, needless to say, we all had a, a, a lot of laughs on set. Um so it's been pay- playing the festival circuits. It just played L.A. Film Festival. It premiered at South by Southwest. It's going to Napa and Philly and all these places. And I've been using um, using the festival circuit as kind of like a work workshop, mm. you know, so that I've been able to, like, listen to the audiences and see, you know, from the reviews what are what's working, what's not working. And then I've actually gone back into the movie. And the movie that will get released in June on Father's Day, it will have a different title. And it will be shorter. <laughs> it will be, hopefully, shorter. Um, um, and, uh, you know, just addressing some of the concerns that people had, you know, socially. Like I said, there was a, you know, there's a, there's a, a it's about a guy uh, who, who, whose 17-year-old son finds out he has two families in the 90s. And his son blackmails him and then kind of becomes his partner in, in said you know, infidelities. Um, so he's not, it's a, but it's a comedy. So, mm-hmm. so he, you know, the father is not a likable, you know, he is a likable character, but right. he's not doing likable things. And, and, um, uh, I got my, my friend Oren Moverman, who's a really great filmmaker. You know, I had him take a look at the movie and I said, well, what do you think? You know, I'm going back in and this is what the, the Hollywood reporter says. And this is what we live entertainment says. And what, you know, what do you think? And he's like, you know, Miranda, I really like it. It's really funny, whatever. He's like, but, we're in a place today where people don't want to forgive and you forgive this guy at the end. And I know that this is about you forgiving your father. (laughs) That's obvious to me, but, but you know, people don't want to want him forgiven so easily. So I think you need to take that into consideration. And so I've changed the ending now. Uh, 
not that he's you know not still the 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 center of the movie um but it's a little more open ended in terms of you know oh, his great. forgiveness I'm looking, so. I'm looking forward to it it's a lot of fun i have to say <laughs> it's a it's a fun it's a really fun movie to watch it's a fun movie and that's also kind of what, what i wanted you know like i'm not trying to change the world with this movie um and, you know, it is a mostly Caucasian movie. I have Michelle Hurd in it, and I have um, another kid in it um, that is African-American. And then there's, like, a gay kind of side story um, that's there. But, like, at the end of the day, I definitely wanted to deal with my daddy issues <laughs> and have people laugh. Well, that's uh, so good. So that's, that's, that was my intention. So now I have to see it again? <laughs> yeah. Not you like, can not, see not, it again. Not like there's any problem with it because I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, because I want to keep Ashley's review just the way it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, yes, of course, you should see it again. Yeah. You okay. don't know what the title is going to be yet, though. I do. It's called Being Frank. Oh. <laughs> Double entendre. Uh-huh. Intriguing. Uh-huh. Oh, great. Yeah. I, lo- I, I, I did. I, I love that movie. I talked to you about it. Uh, it felt like a good throwback to John John Candy movies, where it's very character driven. You don't always know what you want to make of the guy. Um, I don't know how I feel about changing the ending. I'll be honest. I might be on the the other end of the spectrum, but I think you're gonna like it. So yeah. it still gives you what you need. You know, it still give, it. It has the great thing about being able to like workshop this and and uh, really look into all of the different possibilities is that I mean, there's seen there's scenes in the movie that you've never seen. Okay. Now, um, and you know, it still has the exact same ending. It's just tonally different. Oh. You know, and there's like a couple scenes in there that weren't there before that just add a little more like oh, a little more closure with his what his his uh, one of his his wives. Cool. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Well, Miranda, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for on. having I know you me. You have to uh, run, but thank you so much for being part of this, and thank you for all you do. And we, I know at this table, we will all continue to support you. Thank you, so. and we sign up for the newsletter we'll uh, that we have, so which again. is. Uh, at thecherrypicks.com and uh, and we do a bi-weekly uh, bi-monthly newsletter right now and then once we launch we will have a weekly newsletter Yay. So, but thank you so much thank you thank Miranda you. <laughs> take care thank you so much alright so um, if you would like it. <laughs> so we got about 15 minutes left oh, okay. so we can <laughs> we can go run through our indie spotlight picks uh, Morgan. but I want to just say sure, 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 Star sure. is Born did you guys <laughs> Just quickly, because, sure. you know, even though we didn't pick it for movie of the week, but um, uh, I, I thought it was pretty amazing. I mean, um, I've, I've been my 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 respect for Lady Gaga keeps growing. I mean, she she you know, I mean, I was never a big giant fan of her music when she first started out. And she was kind of kooky and whatnot. And, you know, I knew she had a good voice, but when she started doing, you know, changing it up and started, you know, reinventing herself, like doing the duets with Tony Bennett, and then you could, you could really hear her voice mm-hmm. and that kind of, I went, oh, I, okay, she's, she's quite talented. Then she did American Horror Story Hotel, and I went, and I thought she was fantastic in that, and I go, okay. Well, you know, I had heard that she wants to be, a, she had studied to be an actress first before the music came aboard. So when this was announced, you know, and I know it went through all kinds of different iterations. Oh, like yeah. Beyonce was supposed to do it. Um, but when it was finally announced that Brad Cooper was doing it, I was like, you know, I was a little apprehensive about it because it's his first feature directing. But I was just blown away by the performances. I mean, the story, of course, is the same. It's not like it's, you know, changing the world with the story. And you know what happens since it's been done so many times. But the two of them are just electrifying together. And, you know, that's half of the battle right there. Probably more than half the battle. Um, but, yeah, I was really, really moved by it. I mean, I didn't sob like people have been sobbing. <laughs> I'm not a big sad song, sad crying person, but I was certainly moved by it. And I just thought, lady, I just thought both of them should, you know, possibly get Oscar nominations from that. You guys want to chime in? I didn't see it, but I can talk about the 1976 version. Yes, that's a great one, too. You didn't, see, you didn't see it? No, I was supposed to see it, but my car broke down on the oh, way to the island. In fact, okay. yeah, my car has been... Not... I loved it. Like, I enjoy... <laughs> I'm a big movie musical fan. So is he. So yes, I just I like, I love this movie. And seeing her in the earlier scenes, too, when yes. she didn't have the makeup and she wasn't 
dolled up. Like, I just was blown away that yeah. that was Lady Gaga. Yeah. And, she was yeah, so earthy so and, and, yeah, the first half of the movie I think I liked a little bit better than the second half that of the That seems movie. to be the yeah. general uh, vibe everyone's saying. But just only because, you know, like I said, we know kind of know the story and we know how it's going to end up. But, but Bradley Cooper was, that was where his performance kind of, t- you know, sort of was heightened as well as when mm-hmm. he was in the down, the yeah. down slope. Yeah, that's really um, him singing, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I read yeah, that. I think they sing live. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I'm, I'm predicting right now that, that Lady, Gaga will, Lady Gaga will win an Oscar, probably for best song. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I feel bad for anyone who is competing with this movie for music this year. Yeah. Like, I... I know Disney usually has it on lockdown, and, and I know there's a great song in Hate You Give and everything else, but I'm sorry. Like, I think this movie has it on lock. Yeah. yeah. Shallow, okay. I sing it in my car. Yeah. Like, right? it's, it's, good. <laughs> it's really good. And we won't talk about Venom. <laughs> no, we will not talk about Venom. Actually, I might talk about Venom. In <laughs> my, will, in my, indie, in my re- retro rewind. I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. Um, so... We do the indie spotlight, which we're going to kind of just, everyone's just going to share. We usually do a little bit of a roundtable, but because Miranda was here, we wanted to give her most of the, the screen time this week. Um, what, what is your pick, Morgan? We'll start with you. Yeah, so I picked a documentary that came out last year called Faces Places, and I love this movie. I love Agnes Varda. I think she's the coolest 90-year-old woman ever. And basically the documentary is... Directed by her and this guy named JR, who is a French artist who's kind of like a Banksy. He wears sunglasses and a hat, and no one knows his real identity. And basically, the two team up together and just go around the French countryside meeting people, taking their picture, and plastering their picture over abandoned buildings or just different places outside in nature. And the point of the documentary is just to prove like oh you can meet people and people are nice and the world is a big place and that's it was a very uplifting movie it's available to stream on netflix and i highly highly recommend it oh wow yeah stacy uh my indie spotlight pick is suspiria which uh is not i don't think it's released yet but um it is a remake of the 1977 dario argento um, and it stars, uh, the new one stars Tilda Swinton in three different roles. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. well, she's oh. got that kind of She stuff. can do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. She plays an old man, a witch, and a, uh, headmistress at a ballet school. Um, uh, but the director of the film, I, I know he took a lot of flack for accepting the, the job in the first place because the original is so beloved by horror fans, um, and it's so incredibly beautiful with its Art Deco uh, sort of accoutrement, and it's very stylish, a lot of style over substance. Right. So um, the director of the new Suspiria wanted to reinterpret Dario Argento's story as if it was directed by uh, Rainier Werner Fassbender. <laughs> and he did accomplish that. I don't know if it's a good thing, but he did accomplish that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the original. So if they had not called it Suspiria and they just said, it's a companion piece, I would have liked it a lot better. Also, there was a subplot cobbled into the uh, main story, which I think really took away from the uh, horror and suspense uh, of it. But I, I did like the film. I'd like to see it again to absorb it, uh, just now knowing what I can expect. Because when I went into it, of course, it was um, blind. So Right. It's. I want to just point out something real quick about this movie. So I've talked to a lot of people who have seen it. It seems almost polarizing, uh, kind of going off what Miranda said, of the males who I've talked to who've seen this movie love it. Uh, Eric Eisenberg, Jimmy, love it. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like on the fence about it. Uh, Jana is kind of on the fence about it. A few other people I've talked to seem to be on the fence about it as female. So it's very weird because this is kind of like the opposite of what she was talking about. And I, I don't remember the original all that much. You know, I've probably seen it once a long time mm-hmm. ago. Um, but I heard a lot of things like you were saying where it's, just not it. This is not the movie that I that I was expecting. Mm, also, in you know, in my review, I had said that I think that the the lead uh, actress uh, Dakota Johnson, she should have been relegated to the second fiddle role, and mm. I think Mia Goth should have been the lead because she's just so much more compelling and just has a better screen presence and more 
um, I would rather follow her. So I think that is also sort of a little misfire. But, you know, he did certainly, uh, the director accomplished what he set out to do. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to give him kudos for that. Yeah. So mine is The Wife, which I guess comes out on Blu-ray this week or soon or something. Very like that. soon. I mean, this is going to be a big push for Oscar season. Yeah, I mean, going I'm close. I'm sure they'll probably re-release it because, it, 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 you know, they might do it like did a, not week, do well. a week uh, a week re-release. Anyway. Glenn Close and Jonathan Price um, are the stars, and Glenn Close uh, plays a, a woman who's married to a you know famous novelist who is now winning the Nobel Peace Prize for for literature. And you come to find out that she's actually the one who's written all the stories, and he was the face of it. Um, he would come up with the story idea, and she would actually write it. Um, so that fits right into what we're talking about, I think, <laughs> as far as as far as that kind of. Um, like you know that kind of uh, genre or that theme um glenn close is fairly amazing in it i mean it's it's kind of a slow build you know it's a slow burn it's there's not a whole lot that goes on there's definitely um you know some she does finally sort of because at first she's just so demure and she's you know very supportive of her husband and you know you see these little glimpses of of what's happened you kind of you go flashback uh who's uh, her daughter's actually playing her in the flashbacks um her her real life daughter to Glenn Close's real life daughter, and so yeah, you you see what what how it how it came about. She was in the 1950s. She couldn't get you know no one would read her things because she was you know a woman, and it was just all of that kind of uh, stuff. But uh, yes, Glenn Close. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if she'll get an Oscar nomination at this point because there are seems to be a lot of of. Uh, contenders coming up you know you know how that works but she definitely this is one of the best things she's done in a long time and Jonathan Price is also quite good and I, I've always loved him um, but yeah it's it's worth checking out because it's it it does kind of um, you know make you a little mad but at the same time it's really a character study between these two people and their marriage and what what they sacrificed and what she sacrificed and that kind of thing so they and they play well really well off each other. Do you remember if it was a, a female screenwriter or director? Were there any uh, behind the scenes? Um, yeah, it was written by a woman, Jane oh, Anderson. Okay. Yeah, Good. I didn't speak. And with it's her. based on a novel. Too. I spoke with the daughter. What's her name now? I can't remember her name. I did actually get a chance to speak with with her her daughter. It's uh, it's not on there. Is it? No, it's not. Annie Stark. That's it. Annie Stark is her name. Um, who looks just like her mom. <laughs> but yeah, she was just talking about, you know, because she plays this woman in the 50s and just kind of, you know, immersing herself into that sort of world mm. as a woman. As kinda, a, Yeah, like the Big Eyes story, right, yes. with the artist who's And Colette is another movie oh, okay. coming out with uh, Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and, but that takes place at the turn of the century, so it's the same, but it's the same thing. Oh, theme. yeah, those stories are yeah. always so interesting when they come to light. Yeah, for sure. This is not based on a true story, but I think Colette is. Mm-hmm. But um, it, Yeah, it is. This, yeah, but still, it's the same kind of idea, you know, being oppressed, but then being able to still get it. For her, it was, it was, she didn't feel like she was because she was still producing this, you know, she was still writing and she was, Mm -hmm. you know, being creative, which is what she lived for. Mm -hmm. Um, It was only at the end when all of this acclaim was coming for her husband that it sort of started to bubble up and she got, wait a minute. Um, my pick real quick. I, this, this was such a great episode. I, I wish we had a little bit more time, but, um, we probably won't get to the other two things oh, today, oh but, well. but, uh, we'll have you guys back on and we'll do a longer episode next time. Um, I want to just point out real quick. There's a little movie that's out right now. It's from the orchard. It's called all about Nina. And it is with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is an actress who I have really enjoyed her work since she started out. Um, Anthony, our sound booth guy, remembered, uh, pointed out that she was in Sky High, which I totally forgot she was in that. Oh, that's right. That uh, was kind of fun. Um, Final Destination. Um, but her later work, I think, is where she's really started to shine. There's a very underrated movie called Smashed. Uh, where she plays an alcoholic, and I think she's just incredible in this that film. Uh, All about Nina is based on a seemingly true story. They they don't really say that if it is or not, but it seems very realistic. And she plays a stand up comedian, 
And uh, it basically shows her struggles as a, a female uh, comedian and how she never take she's never taken seriously because all men want to do is Google her, you know, like goggle all over her and like Google, do, go, go, her. Google, yeah, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Goggle, goggle. Sorry, goggle, 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 goggle all over her, and just you know come up after her shows and just say really sexual things to her and. Um, what I was so surprised about this film is how deep and dark it got. Uh, the, there's a scene near the end of the film during a stand-up routine where she just loses it. And this scene is incredible. If the competition wasn't so fierce already this year, I would say that she would have a, ch- a shot at being a Academy Award nominated actress. But I'm just not sure because the studio, it's a smaller studio. There's not enough push for it. But... She could be, uh, and it was an incredible scene. Commons in this movie, probably the weakest link of the film for me. Um, I, I do like Common, but I feel Common plays Common in, in a lot of movies, and uh, he's, he's not very good at becoming characters. It just kind of seems like himself. But if you're going to see this movie, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead all the way. So uh, we have to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, just want to go around the table once again. We'll start over at Stacy. Just um, name where they can find you and all that good stuff. All right. Uh, Stacy Lane Wilson at home in Hollywood. And now we live entertainment as the horror guru. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on Twitter at Stacy Wilson. Hey, Morgan Rojas with Cinemacy. And you can find Cinemacy at Cinemacy on Instagram and I believe it's at Cinemacy Speaks on Twitter. And if you want to look me up for my personal Instagram, it's at Morgan Rojas. <laughs> and uh, I'm Kit Bowen. I'm also uh, uh, with Screen Picks, and my Twitter's at The Movie Kit. And on Instagram, I'm Kitchona. <laughs> this should change the movie. There's, yeah. a, there, there's, a, there's a long story oh, behind okay. that. So. Uh, it's and a I, funny story, though. So I'll tell you sometime. <laughs> well, we'll dedicate a part of the episode yeah. next now, time. Why, why am I called Kachona? Yeah. yeah. Um, Scott Menzel, We Live Entertainment. And uh, I do Black Tomatoes on Black Hollywood Live, 5 p.m. I do this show. And then I do Meet the Movie Press Fridays at 9 a.m. on Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week, same time. And keep watching movies and keep loving one another. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.